Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, this is kind of strange. I just finished recording um, the stuff about Psalm 91 um, just a couple minutes ago. And I'm just going to be honest, I just feel like talking. Um, I can't think of anybody right this second that I know is available for me to call. And I'm driving. And so I just turned this back on. I'm like, Lord, what are you saying? What would you say through my natural mouth? Like, what are you speaking? What's, what's the oracles of God on the earth? And so I don't feel like this is going to be topical at all. I don't think. I don't know. I just, I just feel like there's, there's just something in me. You know, I just I just concluded that that last recording with the wedding feast reality yet again. Talking about Psalm 91 and all of the things God says to us, all of the things he extends to us. Oh my gosh. And I'll be honest, like all I really want to do right now is just talk about how awesome he is. And like, is how do we how do we tell that to a, a world that is just not not getting it? I mean, a world that's just literally not getting it, friends. We don't know God. So much of the church doesn't know Him as He is. I would say we know attributes of Him. We know certain things about him. We know he's holy. We know he's righteous. We know he sent his son. And his name was Jesus. And he was a good man. He did a lot of awesome miracles. He was kind of a social justice guy who righted a bunch of wrongs and told a bunch of bad people how wrong they were. He he liked to talk to children. He had disciples who were very fickle. Yet we know they left everything that they had to follow him. You know, we're hard on them, aren't we? We're hard on the disciples. Oh, those those men of little faith. I mean, we take Jesus aside real quick. Man, I can't believe they fell asleep in the garden. I can't believe Thomas was full of such doubt. I can't believe that they're sinking in the water when they could have walked out to him. Why didn't they believe in the multiplication of the food? With the fish and loaves. Why did they tell those children to get away from it? You know, we're hard on them, aren't we? Think of the messages you've been told about the disciples. For the most part, right? Don't be like those guys. But y'all, let's, let's just think about this for a minute. Do we realize what they in fact did do? Have you done what they've done? <laughs> did you do... Or have you done 
Or are you presently contemplating doing what those men did? Have you left your family and your livelihood to follow a man who sounded kind of crazy? Even to follow Jesus for real, like Yeshua Messiah, like in a spiritual sense now, because of course he's not here in bodily form, have you done what they did? Probably not. For the most part, I've not done that. So let's not be so hard on these saints who've gone before us. Like he told Peter, I'm going to build the church on you, brother. (laughs) And these were men now. These were men like you and I. Now we talk about that all the time and we use, we, oh my gosh, what am I thinking of that church sign? Moses was a basket case. Oh boy, I'm telling you, like when I drive by churches and I see these ridiculous signs that are just foolishness that I would correct my eight-year-old son to say, are on all of these church signs. Fall for Jesus. He never leaves. Are you kidding me? Y'all, this is, this is Christianity in our age. Fall for Jesus. He never leaves. Y'all, it's not even funny. I can't even make it lighthearted. It makes me feel really funny inside. It makes me, I mean, I I don't know. This would probably not be right. I have contemplated it many times. Even in the last couple months, I've thought about stopping at one of these churches that that had that sign up specifically. And And in kindness and in gentleness, just saying, Have y'all thought about what that says? I can't remember where it is, but it's somewhere in our vicinity. I think it's when we travel. I know we saw one on our way back from Alabama last week. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a, this man, no, I don't know if it's a man. It could be an organization. I don't know. It's irrelevant, but has this huge billboard, two of them, that's always about judgment in hell. And I don't remember if it's down there, if it's somewhere up here. I can't remember right now. It's irrelevant where it it stands. But but I think it says, in, in its own way, I can't remember how it's stated exactly, but it says if you don't go to church, you're going to hell. That's what it says. And y'all, this is the message. This is the message of what is purported to be God's people on the earth right now. And so you have that, and then you have the other side, which is what I just call relevant Christianity, which, you know what? Hey, nothing matters. Nothing matters. Go to movies, wear designer clothes, listen to secular music, Have whatever sexual preference you desire. None of those things matter. Those things, do you love God? It all boils down to one thing. Do you love God? Well, yes. Well, then, amen. That's all that matters, right? 
and it would seem to me that that the majority falls, as we always say, on one extreme or the other. I mean, is that not true? I'm not being judgmental. I'm not feeling like I'm just wanting to be a critic this morning. My heart hurts, okay? In light, again, why? I just read Psalm 91, and I talked about this awesome Elohim of Elohim's God and all the things he has done to extend himself to men. And so I read that, and, and I cannot help. It just, it just happens. I look at the culture of those who say they know God today in my generation. And y'all, it just, it saddens, it saddens me. It grieves my heart. Not because it's different than what I believe. We're not talking about doctrinal differences. And who you say God is and who I say God is. I'm not talking about that specifically. I'm just talking about the age we are now in. And I believe we do not know God. I'm telling you, like this, I can't escape this message of returning to the people of God reality. And the importance, the unknown importance of what that is and how I would say that if we fail to do that, we will not know Him as He is. We will know a version of Him. We may know attributes of Him. He's good and He's kind and He's patient. And everyone is on a journey of some sort. Many people are on a journey to know God as He truly is. I get that. I I think I understand that more in patience now than I ever have. Rightly seeing others and their journey. Yes. But are we moving on the journey? Or have we set up residence at rest stops along the way and just settled for our present understanding of who God is, who we are, and what He is requiring of His people. I would say that's where this generation is. We have figured out God. He is this. And we stay there. We find a comfortable place with us now, within ourselves, a place of comfort that soothes us and fits us and we build a house. But here's the problem. I believe God is desiring us to come to His house. Or, in another way, we could say the living stone's reality. Look, y'all, build me a house, build me an abode 
according to my blueprints and my plans. Okay, so like let's insert this train of thought as in the days of Noah. We know that's a prophesied reality. As in the days of Noah, so it shall be, right? The Son of Man is returning, friends. And I feel that stirring in my life more than I ever have with continuity. Like, I know I'm, I'm here. I exist to prepare the way of the Lord, to declare His return, His coming. I do believe it's imminent. Now, not as, not as you might think, not as majority Christianity thinks for sure, because I'm not wishfully hoping He comes so that I'm zapped out of here. I'm not talking about escapism. I don't want Jesus to come quickly so that I am removed from here, from this awful life and this horrible fallen world. No, I'm not. I'm, that's not my intent. I say, come, Lord Jesus, because he is returning to claim his bride. He's coming to receive his reward. It's about him. It's not about me. It's not about us. And I think if, if most people that I have known in my life would examine their heart's condition towards come quickly, Lord Jesus, I think honesty would, would spit out results that say, hey, this, it's really about us. Come, Lord Jesus, to help me to bring me relief to deliver me, to get me out of here. Well, I don't believe that's the biblical pattern. And this isn't an anti-rapture message. But yet there, there are pieces of that approach and belief that are within what I'm saying, which is why do we want the things we want in regards to the kingdom of God coming to the earth. I would say, and I, and I touch on this with great regularity here, I would say a lot of it is for our own good. Most, most people I have known, and that's all I can speak to, is what I've known, what I've seen, and what I've heard in my 46 years of living. That's all we can speak to, right? That's not judgment. It's what I've known. It's what I've been told. It's what I've sat in living rooms and heard come out of the mouths of men and books I've read and messages I've heard, sermons I've listened to sitting in a pew. It's simply information gathering. It's not judgment. Most people desire the culmination of the ages, even the kingdom of God on the earth, so that a government is established that favors them. If we peeled back our, the layers of our heart and revealed the motives behind much of what we pray for, can we not just honestly say as mature men, most of it is because it would be more advantageous, we think, to us. And I think it would do us good in this year, 
that's coming to a close to, to reassess some things in our lives about why we even pray the things that we do. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, come quickly. Like these things, like what if even our intent has been off? Because perhaps we've seen it as, again, as advantageous for us. Well, let me ask you this. Would we pray so diligently towards that if it brought us persecution, if it brought us hard times, if it brought us pain and trial and tribulation? Oh, well, that's not for us. That's not for us. That's for the evil. Well, I would really, I would wholeheartedly disagree. Who was beheaded? Uh, I think it was John the Baptist for proclaiming Messiah. Who was cast into the fiery furnace? Who was thrown into, I don't even want to say den of lions because then we start thinking Sunday school thoughts, but who was thrown down into a bunch of voracious lions known to tear men apart in minutes in that age? Was it the evil men, y'all? I, I literally don't understand in my present understanding, my present way of thinking, knowing the little bit that I know now, that anyone can really wholeheartedly give themselves to the entire pattern of the scriptures and believe that God's desire is just to suck the righteous away from anything difficult. Well, we're not appointed for wrath. Okay, like, well, that's not so simple to say now. That's not such a simple statement if somebody really examined that and asked some questions according to that. Was Jesus appointed to wrath? Well, goodness, no. He was the Son of God. He wasn't under wrath, which is, could we rightly say, like, because, again, through the context of what people would say that from most positions is judgment upon sin. So was Jesus judged pre-cross for sin? Now, yes, he, he willed himself to willingly take on all the sin of mankind. Yes, and the Father had to turn away. We know that's true. Let's be, let's be clear. Let's make sure we're saying these things clear. But I mean during his life, his years of denying himself now, because we're told he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Yet we seem to promote a Christianity today that God does not desire his children to suffer. Well, that's not God's way. Hey, we're not appointed to that. That's for the wicked. That's for the sinful, rebellious ones. God delivers his people. God 
delivers his people in the suffering. I don't even honestly know how we landed here other than I just think there are some things within the body of Christ today that we just really need to step back and say, why do I believe this? And friends, can I just can I just say with as much tenderness as I know how from my true heart's condition? Friends, if you don't study for yourself, you're not going to be approved. Why not? Because you're just going to base your entire life on what you have been told. If you went and Okay, so let's 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 just make a little bit of a parable. I love to do this. I like I like talking like this. So let's say that I'm a teacher. Okay? And I teach you how to write another language. But let's say that my understanding and my knowledge about that language which does exist is, is wrong. And I teach you and I train you what I know now. My, my intent is not to deceive you or to teach you wrong. But if my knowledge is wrong and I teach you and I train you and therefore what you add to your life is based upon what I've told you and thereby what you know that language to be is wrong. It's not accurate. And somebody comes along who gives you a test on what you have learned. And they say, okay, I come from that nation that you have learned the language of. Your teacher, your your trainer, He's not testing you. I I come from that land. It's my country of origin. And so it would make much more sense for me to train you and teach you. And so here's a written test. And you will also have an oral test where you have to speak the language you've been taught, that you have learned. Okay, so you sit down. And according to what I have taught you, in my best efforts, and in your best giving yourself to understand what I'm saying, you take that test. You take that exam. And you answer those questions according to what I have taught you. But I'm full of error. And I've not taught you appropriately. And so you turn in that test, and then they say, okay, it's time for the oral exam. It's time for you now to speak the language of my homeland. And you start speaking and and to this instructor who knows the language. Whatever you say sounds like gibberish. And so let me ask a question. Would you pass that exam? Would you pass? Would you successfully have learned the language of that country correctly? 
if you just took my word for it. Well, hey, I'm sorry. I just did what I was told. Well, that, that instructor would say, I'm sorry, I, I believe that. But did you think about like looking into this language yourself? Did you think about exploring it for yourself? And making sure what you have been told is in fact true? Because there are other sources. There are ways to weigh and discern what you were taught. Did you think about looking into things for yourself? Well, no, I didn't do that. I just assumed what he told me was right. And friends, here we are. And let me make sure I make this clear. I'm in no way negating teaching or being instructed by other men. It's the pattern of the scriptures. It's the way and the pattern of God's plan to teach men. If you don't believe that, if you believe it's you and God and nobody else, then you better throw your Bible out because guess what? When you study your Bible, quote, for yourself, other men are teaching you that were persuaded by the Holy Spirit of God to write teachings to you. Do you understand that? If you are a me and Jesus guy, then brother, you can't study the Word. You can't study the Scriptures because you are reading letters from men. Well, they were instructed by the Holy Spirit. Okay, yes, they were. Can no one else be instructed by the Holy Spirit today in like manner to speak to you and help you understand the eternal Word of God that came through men? Friends, we have to step back and think about what we're saying. So I just want to end this today with a charge to study, to show yourself approved. If you believe in the rapture, if you believe in this, if you believe in that, that's fine. But do you even know why? Do you know why or do you just believe that because, hey, that's all I've ever heard. That's all I've ever known. Why would I question it? You question it because you are supposed to study. You are supposed to discern. You are supposed to investigate what you are told. Yes and amen. Have teachers. Have instructors. Well, the scripture says you're not supposed to have a teacher. Y'all, can we just step back and stop being so arrogant and get to the heart of what that was saying? Don't let the spirit of Cain keep you from having someone alongside you to encourage you. Again, do you read Paul's writings? What did he say? We need one another. We need the Holy Word of God. And you know what? You have a perspective I don't have. I have a perspective that you don't have. We, we will be lacking in the fullness if we don't start stepping back and saying, 
God, who are you? I've not known you in your fullness. There are attributes of you, eternal Yahweh, that I do not yet know. I'm not going to build a house right here on mile marker 12 of the journey of my life. I want to know you. I want to know other people who know you, God. I don't want sucked out of here because it's better for me. Come quickly, Yeshua Messiah. Come quickly, yes, but why? Come quickly to receive your reward. Come quickly to restore your kingdom. Come quickly to receive honor and glory and power. Not for me. I get the fruit of it, yes and amen. Oh my gosh. New Jerusalem sounds real appealing to me. But y'all, I'm in the here and now and I'm not waiting to get out of here. I'm not hurrying to get out. Because I have an opportunity to tell people, to tell anyone who would listen, Psalm 91. Do you know this God of all gods, friend? We have a purpose. Here and now. Oh, friend, don't be, don't be found waiting. Don't be found waiting it out. Don't be found staring at heaven and missing everything between here and there. It's not about heaven. I don't even have, I'm not going to open up that can. You were made for earth, friend. <laughs> Adam was formed of the dust of the earth to rule and reign and execute dominion upon it for the glory of God. And Yeshua Jesus came to restore that power and authority in humanity. We have much to tend to here. We have much to tend to here. And it is a gift. It is a privilege. It is an honor to say on earth as it is in heaven each and every day of our lives. So be encouraged, friends. Go for the more. Go for the more. As I always say, turn off your TV. Stay home from the movies. Forget that football game. Quiet yourself. If you're a spiritual man now, if you're a spiritual man, feed your spiritual man. Feed your spiritual man. Let's be different. Let's be set apart. Let's be consecrated. Let's be a people where the principalities and powers look at us and say, oh my gosh, God men are coming into the earth again. They're back. It's been a season of quiet, but the God men are back. We better pay attention. I want to be like that. I want to be, I want to be a part of the move of God in this hour, in this age. Do you? It will cost us. Let's pay the price. Let's pay the price. Why? Because it is well worth it. It's well worth it. Amen.